Welcome everyone to another episode of Friday PM. We're so happy you can join us today. Wherever you're joining us from in the world, you are so, so very welcome. If you're new to Friday PM, we welcome you especially. And we hope that you catch up with all the other material and all the Friday PMs out there um, that you'll be mightily blessed with, we pray. We're out here in Yorkshire and uh, we're on a, on a ministry tour. Uh, we went up to Scotland and we're in York at the moment. And I'm, I'm joined by a very, very special man today. And it's a great privilege to be joined by Pastor Ruben Ingwe. And uh, sir, you are so welcome. Thank you very much, Daniel. Thank you. It's such a pleasure to be with you today. Thank you. Well, uh, we've been looking forward to it. We said we've been waiting and uh, we're so happy that it can happen and we're blessed with good weather too. So. Well, well, people tell me that I'm too dark. So whenever I, wherever I go, the light shines just to <laughs> illuminate my color. Well, there you go. <laughs> and it works. It works. <laughs> it does work. Uh, well, it's, uh, as I said, um, Pastor Ruben, has, uh, he's a pastor in York um, and his church is called RCCG Hope Center. And he and his wife, uh, Rosalind, um, are great friends of the ministry. And we'll tell you more about um, his family later as, as part of our, our topic for today. Uh, so more about that later. But uh, they've been a great supporter of the ministry over the years. And they are just so, so mission-minded. And they, they're a real blessing to the body of Christ. So um, as I said, great privilege for us to have you here today. Well, our, our main theme today that we wanted to discuss is the word miracle. And uh, we're going to get to that a little bit later. But um, maybe one of the first miracles, well, I mean, you, you and I sitting here, already, it's already miracles right there. Um, but just to give our viewers some background, maybe, if you can tell us a bit maybe where you're from and a little bit of your journey till now. Okay, okay. Well, uh, I'm from... Nigeria. I'm from the Delta region of Nigeria. So I'm from Delta State. Uh, I'm from a tribe called the Isoko tribe. Um, um, my dad is from the tribe. My, tri my dad's um, parents migrated um, to that part of the world because originally they were freed slaves um, after the abolition of slavery in America. So some of them were dropped off in Sierra Leone and uh, to find their way to wherever they want to settle. So my great grandparents were people who came to Nigeria to settle as, um, as um, people who were looking for a place to call home. So I'm from that place. In fact, my surname, my last name doesn't really mean anything good. <laughs> from where I come from. It was a name given to us by the locals of where my ancestors settled. Um, the, the name, what it means is, is, a, is a thorn. You know when you say somebody is a thorn in your flesh? It's like people are coming to live in your space and you don't know what they are bringing, you don't know them, so they called us thorns. You know, and, and that, that, that's the meaning of the name, basically. So that's where I'm from. Um, I grew up in Lagos. I was born in Lagos, Nigeria. Um, went to primary school, secondary school, university in Lagos. Walked in Lagos um, before I became a full-time minister. Okay, so uh, I'm married to my dear wife, Rosalie, and we have two lovely children. They're, they're, they're twins, a boy and a girl, Michelle and Micah. 
And uh, yeah, basically, that's, that's me in a nutshell. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I know there are many chapters, as we said, and uh, uh, for the sake of time, unfortunately, we can't get to all of them because you got such, such a wealth of uh, experience and the amazing journey that the Lord took you through. Very briefly, um, so your point of salvation was, was when? Well, I, I, I was just about 14 years old. Um, there is this very popular boss in Lagos. We call it the Moldwe bus. Um, every family that doesn't have a car travels in the Moldwe bus. That is where the entire city tends to congregate on, on, on weekday mornings. And we do all our business there. You buy all the products or your household products in, on the bus. And uh, you listen to preaching. Christian messages on the bus as well. Every now and then a preacher stands up and preaches the gospel to everybody in the on the bus. So one day I was traveling uh, on this bus and something like an 11-year-old boy stood up. And the interesting thing about this 11-year-old boy is that he was, um, he couldn't talk very well. He had speech impediment. But um, for some supernatural reason, we could understand what he was saying. So he lifted up his Bible, stood, on, stood up on the bus, lifted, us in, uh, lifted up his Bible and started shouting. Ah, 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 because he, couldn't, he wasn't very clear in his, in, in his words. That was all he was saying. And I looked around me and everybody was crying. And everybody just felt the presence of God on, the, on that bus. What? Yeah, everybody just felt the presence of God on that bus. And uh, that was my um, first proper encounter with, with, with the message of the gospel and with the power of the Holy Spirit. And uh, people started to confess their sins, their sins on the bus. People were surrendering to Jesus. And this young boy will come around to people who were crying, lay hands on them and just prayed with them. So the only thing you can hear from what he was saying, we know that he was saying hallelujah. So, so it, it really struck me that somebody with that kind of disability was still bold enough to share this thing. So I reckoned in my heart that this must be very important. So that was my first encounter. And that was what led me to the discovery of um, Jesus Christ as Lord. The, the second encounter that really um, did it for me was a friend of ours died. He died and we were traveling, myself and my other friends, we were traveling to visit the parents just to um, uh, commensurate with them. And on our way, we were held up by traffic. Well, Lagos is usually uh, a traffic city. So we were held up by this massive traffic. And uh, what happened was that um, the traffic was caused by a church meeting. It was strange. And I was so angry. So, what, what rubbish is this? Why should some people hold everybody back? And my friends were saying, I shouldn't be talking like that. They're they, 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 they going to serve God. And I was like, 
forget it. Where is the God? <laughs> you know, I said I was going to prove to them that actually um, all these things they are coming here to do was, 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 was not real. So I promised my friends that I was going, going to come go to the church on the Sunday. Yeah. The next Sunday. So the next Sunday, I went to the church and I sat down in this congregation and they were having their meeting. The meeting was so long, you know, Africa. Our meetings are not <laughs> very, very long. I got in there about nine o'clock in the morning. By 2 p.m., we were still at it. So I was very, very hungry, very famished, you know. And towards the end of the meeting, uh, the pastor said, well, if you are a first time visitor here, we want to pray with you. Uh, please stand up wherever you are. And uh, if you will, please come forward. So I stood up and I started walking forward and somebody called my name. He said, Reuben, and I turned back. I said, yes. He said, are you hungry? I said, yes. He said, okay, when you come back from the front, come and sit with me. I'll take you out for lunch. I was shaking because I don't know the man. I never knew him. So I didn't know my name, you know. So at the end of it, uh, long story short, I came back to him, sat down. He took me out for lunch in the church canteen. And, um, and uh, I just knew that there was God. And he asked me if I was a Christian. I said, well, I go to church. I think I do. <laughs> and he said, well, it's different. Are you born again? I said, no. And he said, do you want to be? I said, yes please. And then, then I confessed Jesus as my Lord and he prayed for me and I've never looked back since then. Yeah. So that's my story. Powerful. Oh my goodness me. I think that, that would have been enough already, but we better continue. <laughs> Praise God. Praise the Lord. So all these years later, so you're a full-time missionary. So you started, I believe the Lord sent you to a few nations before you came to York. Well, um, I started ministry in Lagos, and as you know, in Lagos, we Lagos is a big city. You have different areas in Lagos that uh, um, need the gospel to to go into. And uh, so, what, what what happened was that uh, the 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 ministry that I was part of uh, decided to send me to various places to plant new churches there in Lagos. Then afterwards, we. Um, after a few years, we were asked to go and start a church in Malaysia. Then from Malaysia, we came back and uh, we, then were, we then became part of a particular province. You know the redeemed structure, the way we work. Mm. And we became part of a particular province. And uh, from there, I grew being a parish pastor then to an area pastor then i was asked by the instruction of the general overseer to go and start the first youth church in the rccg so i pioneered the first youth church what we call youth churches today i pioneered the first one and that was the last assignment i had in lagos before i came here okay yeah so how long have you and your wife been married We've been, we'll be married for 20 years in December this year. Fantastic. So our 20th wedding anniversary will be December this year. And, uh, it, and we've known each other for 30 years this year. 
as I met my wife 10 years before we got married. And that's a long story in itself. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> that's a long story in itself. Um, actually, what happened was that we met when we were in the higher institution. I was a senior. So when they arrived, we were, she, she came to study in my department. So, and I was the head, uh, the, the, the student leader for my department. So it was my job to welcome all new entrants. So I was there at the registration desk, waiting for all those that were admitted into our department. And I saw her doing her registration. And I just went behind her and I tapped her shoulder. And I said, uh, and she turned and he looked at me and I said, you know I'm going to marry you. No. But yeah, that, 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 that was what I said. <laughs> wow. I didn't know what I was saying, but I just said it. You know, I was going, you know I'm going wow. to marry you. And she just took one look at me and did the Nigerian thing. Nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That wasn't very encouraging right in the no, beginning. No, no. <laughs> I, I didn't really mind, but I just knew that she was the one. Wow. So um, she started coming, she started school and um, we were not really friends, you know, but I knew she was the one. I did, I did not know how it was going to happen, but I knew it was the one. Then the opportunity came when um, I started to give uh, extra lectures to people, to students in my department that were kind of struggling. I studied accountancy, just like her, and a lot of people were kind of struggling, you know, so I was the guy that was to give them extra classes. And from there, our friendship grew. And um, um, yeah, we just, became friends until um, I said to her, listen, I, I, don't do, I don't do friendship in this regard. Uh, I'm a very serious man. I kind of know the direction of travel God is taking me to. I'm going to be a minister. So I want to get married immediately after uni. And she said she wasn't ready for that. <laughs> You know, I said, well, go and think and pray about it. I know God is going to touch you, but think and pray about it and all of that. There was no, there was no kind of a romantic gesture where you go out and buy flowers and do and I was very straight and very direct. You know, I'm not very romantic, as you can see. <laughs> very straight and very direct. And, uh, and you know, after a while, um, she came back to me and said, yes. And um, the next order to cross was meeting her father. You know, her father said, no, you can't marry my daughter. And I said, why? He said, because you're not good enough for her. Goodness. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it was a very difficult one. So, so, so I succeeded in proposing to her. And she said, yes, for the first, that's after five years of our relationship. So the next five years was waiting for the uh, um, permission of her father to get married. So that was how... That was why we were together for 10 years. We've known each other for 10 years before we actually got married. And uh, um, I was praying to God, God, let this man crack, let him crack. Let him, let him say yes, let him agree. Because in Africa, if your parents don't agree for you to get married to somebody, you don't do it. If you go, you're on your own. <laughs> so we don't have that leverage, so like people have here. So we waited and prayed. And uh, one day, a dear 
mother in our church told me, this problem you are having with your, with your supposed in-laws, uh, why don't you pray like this? I say, how man? He say, pray that they will have problem that is only you that can solve it. <laughs> oh, that was wisdom right there. Yeah. And I said, you know what? Okay, I'll pray. So as I pray, I say, God, let there be something that will happen in this family that I will be the only one that can solve it. So my, my wife's immediate younger brother had a problem in school. He was fighting with, with a girl. And um, the father of the girl is this big, influential man. Now decided to arrest him and they threw him into a police cell. And uh, my wife was panicking. She was telling me that her brother is in the police cell and all that and all that. I said, where? She told me where it was. I know all these senior officers in that place. Oh. You know, and I said, don't worry, I'll go and, I'll go and see him. So I went there, I met the senior officer there, and I told him what happened. And uh, I said, it's wrong you put this young boy in a cell because somebody's influential and all that. The guy said, yes, 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 said, we'll release him to you right away, but you have to promise us that if the family of the girl want to take the case further, I will produce it. I said, no problem, I'll produce him. So they released him to me. And as we were coming out of the police station, our father was coming into the police station. Oh. And our father saw me and his son. He said, how did you get that? And his son said, well, he brought me out. <laughs> and that was it. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So the dad, the dad sent a message to me. He said, okay, tell your family to come and see me. <laughs> <laughs> come on. <laughs> so that was how the thing cracked. Oh, praise and, the Lord. Uh, so they, like they said, the rest is history. We got married on the uh, 8th of December of 2001. So 8th of December this year will be exactly 20 years. So now you've had this long time meeting one another, yeah. you know, meeting one another, waiting. Yeah, sure. um, so you've been married for how long? And then you, you were trusting the Lord for children, but nothing happened. Yes, I, I think... Uh, let me go back a little bit. My, my journey of life has been such that um, if God doesn't do something, it will not happen. I think it's my fault in many ways because when I became a Christian, I was praying a particular prayer every day. God, the only thing I want, you to, I want in my life are miracles. I don't want things that I can, that I can do within the within the dynamics of my personal economy. I want it to be a miracle. <laughs> Perhaps that was what affected me. <laughs> was what I was praying about. Everything, everything was a struggle. To get married was a struggle. You know, my wife delayed, delayed in, her, in saying yes to me. Then her father came delayed again. Then I got married to have children, it was a problem. <laughs> you know, you know. But in all of it, God gave me this amazing peace that um, we couldn't explain. In fact, a lot of people were more worried for us that we didn't have children that we were worried for ourselves, you know. But uh, yeah, we waited for 16 years um, before our, our children finally came. Wow. Yeah. Tell us just what, what finally made it happen. Well, um, I used to say humorously that um, God knew that he has called me to ministry and he has called me to be a missionary. Perhaps that was the reason why he didn't give us children because we had to be traveling from place to place so that we can have uh, our luggage would not be that much. Yeah, I can relate. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so because we have to be traveling from place to place. So it was easier for it to just be me, myself and Rosling 
traveling together. So um, 15 years before our children came, God spoke to me clearly that, listen, I'm going to give you children when I'm ready. And he gave me the names of my children on the day. And he gave me their names. And he told me just to go ahead and do his work, that he was going to give me children when he was ready. So that settled it for me. You had that peace. I had that mm. peace. There was no worry. It wasn't even a prayer topic in my, in, my, in my family. We never had a concern that we sat down one day, we knelt down, we held hands together, we are praying, God, give us it, Others were doing that on our behalf. But <laughs> okay. we were so settled in our spirit because we knew the voice of God that he has spoken to us. So when we came to York, um, York is a different ball game entirely because the society here doesn't really ask you why don't you have children, you know? So it's just normal. People just feel sometimes it's your decision not to have children. Yeah, it's, it's strange because it's a culture shock for us. Unlike where we are coming from, everybody is asking you, ah, everybody will be praying for you. Yes. By this time next year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard that one. Yeah, by this time next year. Your twins will come. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. You know, so so we didn't get that here. So we just got on with our job. So one day, our dear friend Michael Askew walked into my house, uh, not very far from where we are now, and said to me that God wanted him to pray for me to have a child. I said, "Well, that's good. Please go ahead." And and he prayed. And he, he left. A few minutes later, he returned. And he said, please, I'm sorry, I made a mistake. And God did not say he wanted me to pray for you to have a child. He wanted me to pray for you to have children. That was what he said. So can I pray for you to have children then? I said, yeah, yeah, yes, of course, you can go ahead. So we prayed together and he left. And um, I just knew when he left that it was time. I just knew that it was time. So I said to my wife, you know what? Um, for you to, for us to prove that we have faith in God about this, we have to start to prepare ourselves for the arrival of our children. So the first thing we needed to do, because we have never gone to any doctor, we have never seen any doctor, we've never gone for any checkup, we didn't even know if it was a medical problem that we were having and all of that, we didn't know nothing. <laughs> you know, we're just there, you know. So, and I said, okay, let's go visit the doctor. Let's go visit. So I, I, I rang Michael up and I said, Mike, you know what? Um, I think we should, it's time for us to go and seek medical opinion um, just to find out if we're okay, you know, and all of that. <laughs> so, so we asked to go to the teaching hospital in Leeds. We went there, this professor saw my saw, saw us and uh, said to my wife, well, you can't have children. It's impossible for you to have children because um, all these medical things, he said, we're not, your eggs are not enough. You know, things like that and all that. And, my, and, and that depressed my wife a lot. You mean I can't have me? I you don't think you can. So, so the best thing for you to do right now is to think of adoption. Adoption, I say adoption. Adoption. When God spoke to us, he didn't say adoption. But you know, I'm an African. 
And there are several things we believe in Africa. One of them is that if you want something, you use what you want to call in what you want. So I can understand the dynamics of adoption. That if I have children living with me, maybe those children we call in our own biological children or something like that. So I said, okay, we have so much love to give. We have so much, we, God has blessed us with resources. Why don't we adopt a child? You know, so I decided to start making plans. So, but, but the same doctor asked us to go and see another consultant for them to do a proper examination of my wife's um, womb. So we went to see this other guy and the guy said, uh, my wife had a polyp that is grown in her womb. That before anything, they have to take that out. And because at the time we were not people who qualify for such uh, 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 surgeries in this country, so we had to pay for it. And it cost us a lot, a lot of money. And I said, we can pray for this thing to dry off. <laughs> and my wife said, listen, I know you have faith, but this one will do it. <laughs> <laughs> Her body has a yeah, so I said, well, if you want to, well, we can pray for this thing to dry off. You know. <laughs> So we, we, she had the surgery, and what happened with the polyp was that um, the, set, the first year after our marriage, my wife suffered a miscarriage. And the miscarriage was for twins. It was after five months of the pregnancy. And uh, when the evacuation was done, it wasn't done properly. So part of the, the segments of, of that evacuation still remained and it formed a polyp in her womb and it has been blocking her womb ever since. So that was removed. And um, after the surgery, we came back home. It was the same day thing. We came back home. Then my dad took ill in Nigeria. We traveled. We came back to the UK and my wife began. She just fell sick. She just fell sick. That was in August of that year, of 2016. She just fell sick, very, very sick. And I thought, this, I thought it was malaria because we were just coming in from Africa. So we went into the hospital, they did several tests on her. Uh, one of the doctors said probably she was having some kind of liver problem, that they had to do some further tests, you know. And after that test, the, 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 the consultant just, are you pregnant? And she said, no. And I said, no. She said, I'm not asking you, I'm asking her. <laughs> oh. And she said, no, I'm not. Um, and she said, and the, the consultant said, so when did you last see your period? And she laughed. I, I don't know when last I saw it. I've never seen it for a long, seen it for a long time. I said, okay, well, just to be on the safe side, I will send you to the early pregnancy unit to test if you're pregnant or not. And we went there and it was confirmed that she was pregnant. And I, I was like, uh, the people that were praying for Peter when he returned and they were praying for him to return, but when he returned, they said it wasn't him. I said, no, 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 it cannot be possible that she's pregnant. I said, okay, can you do a scan to prove to me that she's pregnant? And they said, we don't normally do it, but we'll do it for you. And they did it. And they told me that she had two sacs in her womb. I said, is that cancer? They said, no, 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 no. She has twins. Oh. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So, so, so that was it. 
and immediately I had to tell her to resign from her work. And I went to her office, submitted the her resignation, and he asked why I said she's pregnant and I don't want her to walk on, until she, she gives birth. And he said, oh, no, 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 that's fine. She can take as much time as she wants, but we won't let her go. <laughs> so that's another miracle in itself. So, so they were paying her salary while she was at home um, nursing her pregnancy until she gave birth. Oh. And you got two beautiful children. Two beautiful ones, two beautiful ones, two amazing ones, to be honest. Wow. I often feel I, have, I got the best. I'm sure. Well, the Bible says good things come to those who wait. Yeah. And uh, it sure happened to yeah. you. Yeah. And Pastor Adiboye prayed for me once, just before I came here. And what he said was that you cannot eat late and eat rubbish. Interesting. Yeah. So, so it means whatever you are waiting for, when it comes, it will be good. Oh, amen on that one. Yeah. So I, I prayed it in Yoruba language, so it, because it was very heavy. It was a strong one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Praise God. Oh. So, so, yeah. I know your life has been, in a way, stipulated from, from your point of salvation yeah. to all these things happening. It's miracle after miracle, really. And I mean, the definition of a miracle is that it is something supernatural. Mm. In other words, it defies the laws of, of science. Mm. It's everything that we know to be true intellectually mm. or the laws of nature. It bypasses that. I know maybe there are many people watching now that really feel that I have a situation where I need a miracle. I don't know how God is going to do it. It does not make sense. In the natural, there's no room for it. It's not possible. Mm. Have you got something maybe to share with someone that, that's, that maybe from your experience, someone who's at that place? What, mm. what helps you to, to overcome, to take that next level of faith, to say, Lord, you are the God of miracles. The Bible says there are more than 80 uh, miracles recorded in the Old Testament, more than 83 in the New Testament. Jesus did so many miracles, things that do not make sense. Blind people seeing, dead people getting raised uh, back into life. Can God still do that, those miracles today? Of course, of course, God can still do that miracle today. Um, I think the first thing is to, is to put one, is one to put his life in context, what is happening. Now, the event of a miracle is not actually the beginning of that miracle. The event, the actual event where the miracle happens, it's not actually the beginning of the miracle. God is the doer of miracles, but he sets us up for a miracle, if you see what I'm saying. Yes. So, for example, there was a man in the Bible who was born blind. And somebody came to Jesus to ask him, who sinned in this man's life? Is it his, was it his parents or himself? What happened? Why was he born blind? And Jesus said, to him, you know, nobody sinned. This happened so that the glory of God will be revealed. So it means that God has set up that man for a miracle that will eventually bring glory to his name. So if you take my situation, for example, God set us up. That was why we had peace all the way. God set us up for this moment so that when it happened, it will be something that will cement the, 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 the fabric of our ministry so that we can have a story to tell. A testimony to share. It's interesting when we were dedicating our children, 
everybody in the city wanted to come because they heard of these miracle children that, were just been, that have just been born. You see what I'm saying? So, so if you are there and you are trusting God for a miracle, what I will say to you is this, put your life in context. Even the struggles you are going through right now is part of the plan that will culminate into that particular miracle that you're expecting. So, so if you want to go, if you have anything, if there's anything you'll go home with from this conversation that we are having today, what I will say to you is this, your life is, a, is not an actual event, it's a journey. And God has set you up for a particular moment where that miracle will become an event in your life. So you'll be able to tell your story that 16 years before I was like this. Now God has done this for me. Wonderful. Yeah. Wonderful. So if someone wants to say, well, I want to take action, what can I do? We have to speak life. I'm sure you've spoken life over it. What are things that one can do? Let's say someone's thinking, I'm waiting for my miracle to get healed perhaps, or a situation to change. This thing looks impossible. Is there something actively we can do? I think the best thing, I think, I think one of the things that we can do is to get on with our life. Just get on with your life. Don't be test. Don't even be test in prayer. Get on with your life. You see, beyond the miracle you are expecting, there are other things God wants you to do. There are other things God wants you to do. So just get on with it. Put your mind in those things that God has put before you today. You will journey to that place where your miracle will be revealed. And it is my prayer for you that you will have the peace of heart to follow Jesus. The Bible says they that trust in the Lord will not be put to shame. Uh, the, the Bible also tells us things like, um, you know, you know, if, that, if your eyes be single, your whole body will be full of light, which means if your eyes is totally focused on Christ and you are just doing your business the way God has ordained for you to do them, your miracle will come. Remember Jesus said, Jesus said this, he said, your Father in heaven knows what you have need for. Amen. Amen. Jesus said that. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. Wonderful. Pastor Ruben, at this point, can I ask you, uh, the biggest miracle, of course, is salvation. Yeah. Uh, this miracle of us being invisibly connected with heaven for eternity. We, it's like invisibly we're locked in with all that the kingdom of heaven has to offer for us for eternal salvation. Why don't you pray? We, I think we need to possibly pray for someone who's, who's expecting a miracle, but I think first of all, could you pray for someone who's at that place where they need that miracle of salvation? Sure, sure. You see, you see, one of the things I'll say first about salvation is this. Salvation is something that God gives you free of charge. He doesn't have to, but he has decided to, to give to you free of charge. And if you go into a shop and you suddenly realize that there is an offer, you end up buying things that you did not plan for. Why? Because on the day you went into the shop, there is an offer. There is an offer on the bread, there is an offer on the milk. Maybe you went there to buy some paracetamol, but today there is an offer on everything. And you quickly, oh yeah, I need milk and I need this and the other. God is saying to you today, I am offering you salvation and it is completely free. All you need to do is to believe 
that my son Jesus Christ came into the world to pay the price for your sins. And if you believe that in your heart, then confess it with your mouth. Say, Jesus, you are Lord over my life. And the Bible says, you shall be saved. There is nothing wacky about Christianity. There is nothing strange. This is not Halloween. <laughs> we don't worship spirits and ghosts. We worship a risen Savior who is alive. And you can be part of that family. So I invite you today to come and be part of God's family through Jesus Christ. So I pray that, Father, in the name of Jesus, that person that is out there right now making that decision, I ask that, Lord, you will draw him closer, nearer to you. I pray that you will reveal yourselves to that person. Lord Jesus, I ask that, Lord, in your mercy, you will, you will just save their souls. You will give them the impetus to make that decision today to embrace you as Lord and Savior. Thank you because you are a saver. You are a Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Praise God. Lord. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Do you want to pray for someone else that maybe know Jesus and they, they're waiting for that miracle? Okay. Okay. Brothers and sisters, wherever you're listening to us from, I like, to, I like to just join my faith with yours. And my, my prayer for you today is this. God will give you patience on this journey. God will give you patience on this journey. God will enable you to see joy in the midst of your journey. That this journey will not be stressful. God will put out all those voices that are putting pressure on you. God will settle all those challenges in your life that are putting pressure on you. Receive your peace right now. That peace that comes from the Lord Jesus, I pray that you will receive it. I pray that you will have it abundantly in your life. I pray that in the midst of your challenges, the Almighty God is going to reveal His glory in your life. Receive your miracle and you will get the best. In Jesus' name, Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you so much for that prayer. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, it's wonderful. Well, if you've received that, as you said, just say amen. We were talking about receiving, yeah. giving and receiving. When you receive it, you just have to say amen. 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 So God richly bless you. Amen. Pastor Ruben, what a privilege. And uh, I'm sure many people have been so mightily blessed. Thank you for taking the time in your busy schedule. And we appreciate you coming, and I'm hoping and praying it's the first of many. Oh yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm always I'm always happy to 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 uh, to have conversations with you and your other members of the team. You're such a blessing to us. You are part you are you are part and parcel of our ministry. You, in fact, you are the center of our journey. You are helping us to transit from one from one uh, uh, season to another. So we're always blessed having you, and and we are looking forward to this to this weekend actually, oh, in our city, we experience something that uh, is significant in the life of our people here. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thanks so much. Bless Thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Well, from the, both of us here, we send our greetings and our blessings to you wherever you are. God richly bless you. Thank you for joining us on Friday PM. It's the place to be. God willing, see you next week for another episode. God bless you. Bye-bye.